We join now by Narina Fisser, strategist at and advisor at ETFSA. Good morning, Narina. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to all the listeners. Now, Narina, late on Friday we received news that Moody's has not downgraded our sovereign rating. But does this mean that we can now stop worrying about the dreaded junk status? Oh, Sakina, I wish we could, but I'm afraid not. <laughs> um, you know, it, uh, they did not downgrade us, as you quite rightly say, but they did change the outlook from stable to negative. Now, all this really means is that um, if, they, if the next move is, is down, it means that will definitely be a downgrade in the actual rating. Um, this is a, a fairly typical way in which they do these ratings, that they have an outlook that can change from positive to stable to negative, and then they have the actual rating on it as well. I think we must also just bear in mind that Moody's has always been the most positive in terms of its outlook for South Africa. We still have S&P and Fitch, the two other major ratings agencies, due to release their, um, their findings. And um, S&P will be the first one upcoming on the 3rd of June. We know that they've already been in the country and they certainly were a lot more negative and bearish in their outlook. I think on the positive side, great confirmation coming from Moody's in terms of the independence and the strength of our institutions in South Africa. So they made reference to the way that um, um, certainly the judiciary has been handling certain cases, not just around the Constitution, but also really affirming the independence of, um, of the Saab, of Treasury as well, which is very important and it is unlikely that the strength in the institutions that they note um, can actually uh, outweigh the negative aspects that we've got around um, economic growth and the lack of growth in South Africa. Darina, um, looking at the contributing factors uh, for the lack of domestic economic growth, it obviously is not peculiar to South Africa. There's a weak outlook globally. But what are some of the latest indications coming from the U.S. in those jobs numbers and also from China? Um, now, the, certainly the, the, the numbers are still quite mixed out there. Um, yes, there is definitely a lack of, of sustainable economic growth um, in, the, in the rest of the world. And with the U.S. and China really being the two primary engines of growth in the world, both of those are, are a bit stop-start at the moment. So U.S. jobs data out on Friday, quite weak, um, certainly a lot less than the, the um, around 200,000 number that was looked for in terms of it. And it's not just the actual unemployment employment numbers that are quite weak, but it's also things like your average wages and the follow-through into the rest of the economy. We also see quite a quite a bearish picture emerging from um, the earnings of U.S. corporates on the on the stock exchange. S&P earnings, for example, it's been termed as a as a season of an earnings recession, and a lot of this has come on the back of the strong U.S. dollar. You know, so when we look at our rand and we see that being weak, there's definitely a big component of that that is a Attributable to the strength in the U.S. dollar, and that is hurting your export-focused um, and export-oriented sectors in the U.S. economy. In China this morning, as you said, you know, massive trade surplus still, but both imports and exports really missed on the expectations there. Um, we do see oil a little bit stronger this morning. Um, part of that really is because uh, the crude oil imports um, from China was higher than expected, but also because of those devastating wildfires in Canada, looking as though that might be threatening some of the oil supplies, uh, supplies coming from Canada. So, so in general, just, you know, still a fairly sluggish um, environment out there. And with that, also a specific focus on, on commodity currencies once again.
And then just uh, finally, Narina, after some recent strength, the rand weakened quite dramatically at one stage last week. Now, what exactly is causing that weakness and is this expected to continue? Well, I think what we saw in terms of the RAND, um, as I say, you know, this was very much on the back of um, other commodity currencies as well. We really started last week with the central bank in Australia um, cutting their interest rates quite unexpectedly, and that um, sort of initiated some, some initial weakness in the RAND. But I think probably the big driver last week was the, um, the transaction that was announced in which Barclays Group sold down um, the first 12% of its stake in Barclays Africa, or as we often um, would refer to it as APSA, um, and that transaction, great placement with South African institutional investors of those shares in, in APSA or Barclays um, um, Africa then, um, but that amounted to a payment of around 13 billion rand, and I think the payment of that and the outflow from South Africa certainly affected our, our rand, and that's one of the reasons why we saw it weaken to, um, to a point of lower than 15 to the dollar last week a week and about 7% during the week. We have seen some strengths coming back after that um, and, and I do think that the, the, the level the, um, is not as important as this ongoing volatility around the currency and I guess the uncertainty regarding the trend. Uh, I think with uh, coming back to our first point in terms of the, the ratings downgrade, I think as we progress throughout the rest of this year, the RAND will be on a back foot and there will be a negative bias in it but we can expect that there will be times that it will strengthen, probably like we are experiencing today. Well, thank you so much, Narina Fisser, strategist and advisor at ETFSA, and she'll join us again tomorrow.